Happy Tuesday. Dwindling down the days here for the Steve Day Show. Free podcast powered by CRTV, courtesy of Westwood One. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well as Kim. We've just finished the year-end Dace Group Roundtable Part 2. If you missed Part 1 yesterday, CRTV.com. Use my name as a promo code, Dace, and you'll get access to not just that show from us, but all of the shows from us we've done throughout the course of our time here at CRTV, as well as access to every other show. Mark Levin, the great one. Uh, the new one, Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty fame, Michelle Malkin, Stephen Crowder, the entire roster of talent available to you right now. A year-long subscription to CRTV with a great Christmas gift. Promo code DACE to take advantage of that. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. So, ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast, I want to talk about perceptions. Okay? Political perceptions. This was a tweet sent out yesterday by... A writer who is is basically known as a stenographer for Mitch McConnell, for lack of a better term. That if you want to know what they think in the Senate Majority Leader's office or what the Senate Majority Leader thinks, or if you want to know what the Senate Majority Leader is going to do next, this is a person that you read to find out because he's getting direct dispatches from the Senate Majority Leader himself. Okay, And he's one of the political reporters over at Bloomberg. And our industry, left and right, is is replete with this. It's rife with it. Undisclosed stenographers. It's another reason why in the last presidential cycle, beyond the fact I, I wanted to have enough time to truly try to engage my network for a candidate to help them build an organization in Iowa, the other thing was... I didn't want to sit here. When I'm vetting these candidates earlier than most of our audience gets to, that's around the country, because I live here in Iowa. So, I mean, they've been coming to me since moments after the election ended. And so my process of vetting them is is accelerated compared to the audiences, which means I've, I've already drawn conclusions about people that the audience is probably just now getting to know. And so for me to sit here and act like, well, I'm just totally neutral. Well, I guess we'll just see how this whole thing works out. I mean, I just... It, I, I'm, I don't believe it. I know it's not true. So if I know in my heart it's not true, why would I expect someone who's listening to me to buy into that? That's a scam. I just, I, I'm, I'm in favor of disclosure. I don't have a problem with your biases. Just disclose them. Just sit there and tell me, you know, in general, I just don't want Donald Trump to be a successful president. Okay. I appreciate that, and I'll factor that handicap into my reception of your analysis or just tell me you know really i mean i i'm just a soulless you know craven opportunist here and i'll just say whatever donald trump tells me to say because i just you know want to see the table and i got to pay my bills man i got alimony and three mortgages okay just be honest and then we can you know have that handicap factored in to how we receive your analysis but most of the media on the right the advocacy media on the right and the left i shouldn't say most how about too much of it is they are essentially the handwriting for politicians and factions they represent. Sahil Kapoor from Bloomberg is considered such a stenographer for Mitch McConnell. That doesn't mean he's always wrong, though. Here's what he tweeted out yesterday. After the tax bill passes, the Trump GOP will have, and notice the wording here from Mitch's guy, the Trump GOP. I think that's fascinating right there. 
Has the is the mind meld? Is it completed now? My mind to your mind. My thoughts to your <laughs> thoughts. Mitch McConnell's boy would not have tweeted out the Trump GOP three months ago. Three weeks ago. Anyway, he says, if when, when the tax bill passes, the Trump GOP will have repealed the individual mandate of Obamacare, cut taxes by one and a half trillion, opened Anwar to oil drilling, put Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court, confirmed a dozen other appellate judges, killed a lot of regulations. This is not a trivial agenda. Let's try it as best we can to remove the personalities which I think is getting increasingly more difficult because of the social media world we live in. You know, I saw somebody who is actually the sports editor at Breitbart, Dylan Gwynn. Good guy. And he tweeted this about Trump today. And even though he's more of a sports guy, I actually thought this was a good piece of analysis. He was looking at Trump's latest approval ratings, how low they are. And he said one thing, and he said, listen, Trump does, a, does too much to contribute to this problem he has. And that's coming from a Breitbart guy. But he says, one thing we're going to have to figure out, and, it, and, and the impact may be nothing, but social media has changed the way we interact with our politicians now. It's more intense. It's more direct. It's more intensified. It's more personal. And familiarity has a way of breeding contentment, right? And... And so his theory kind of was because of how dominant and the way Trump uses social media, what would normally, because one of the graphics was what, what other presidents, their approval ratings were in their first year. He is saying we may learn that with the advent of social media, we have to look at this differently now. And it may be what a 62% approval rating was four years ago. It's a 52% approval rating now. And what a 52% approval rating was four or five years ago is a 42. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that now that everybody is showing their ass all the time to everybody constantly, and everybody's saying constantly to everybody, and the horse you rode in on, and here's a middle finger for you, and one for you, and one for you, okay, that the, that the animosity level is just higher than it. There, there's no era of good feelings really anymore. There's not a, a conventional honeymoon anymore. You buying in any of that, Todd? Oh, think definitely. That's a plausible yeah, theory. And that's why that. I think it can go on any given day from the kind of thing where you're saying, you know, that the base isn't motivated to all of a sudden yes. one day later, it is. I mean, your your margin for error can go from nothing to seemingly indefeatable to right back to nothing and toggle back and forth. I mean, I, there's no doubt Trump's likability will be a factor on the ballot next year. But so will Nancy Pelosi's. So will Chuck Schumer's. You know, people don't often look at it from the other point of view, and, and you're kind of speaking to that. Right. You know? And so will the tax plan. Yes. So I thought that was an interesting way that we may have to look at this differently. And just a second what you said, because if, if Hillary was a island untourist, we loathe her, but you know those Democrats, they're bright up and comers. They... Hillary might have just won. They might have gone with her anyways because they know the the, play, the team around her. But it speaks to what you were saying. People didn't just not like Hillary. The entire Democratic Party and the progressive playbook is pretty much held and discussed as well. I predicted last year before the election, no matter who won, the story of the year would be, remember I said this, they would have the lowest first-year approval pro ratings of any president in modern history. Yeah. Do you think Hillary Clinton's ratings would be that much different than Donald Trump's? No. No. I don't either. No. I don't either. And I don't know that I don't know that that's going to change in the foreseeable future. You know, you watch somebody like a Ben Sass who's trying to figure out how to navigate these waters in ways that don't create so much backlash and animosity. God bless him. I and I hope he's successful, but the the and we've talked about this in recent months, the trap door with doing that is you end up you don't want to you want to look like what he's trying to be is the guy who says I'm not going to sink to this level. And that's good. But it's one step from looking like the guy that doesn't want to succumb to a system to looking like the guy that is sneering at everybody else because I'm too good for it at the same time. You know what I'm trying to yeah, say? I and then you alienate your own base. 
And then the other side, yeah. which will never vote for you no matter how nice you are, says, hey, we appreciate that you're nice and do a warm fuzzy, but we still think you're racist, misogynist, and homophobic anyway, so we're not voting for you. I think that's that will be, I, I will be fascinated to see how somebody like Ben Sass, if he wants to truly be a national political figure, navigates that. I think- it will not be easy. It won't be easy, but I think he's starting to make the mistakes of Rand Paul, just these triangulations instead of just being Ron Paul, Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders. I mean, whatever the the weird, quirky part right. of Ben Sanders, just be that. Dial it up to 11. Agreed. I mean, my theory has always been watching in Iowa. I thought Ted Cruz's, and I, maybe Kim has more of a different perspective being on Team Paul, but I, being on Team Cruz, I thought Cruz's... Cruz's ability to make inroads with Ron Paul's base was overrated. I mean, Cruz, Cruz did make inroads with what I would call like a thinking libertarian base. But, but when, I went, when I saw Ron Paul rallies in Iowa in 2012, I saw a lot of the same people that were at Donald Trump rallies in 2016. There is your Tom Woods thinking libertarian base. And then there's just a bunch of people that are like, I don't know what the hell Ron Paul's talking about half the time. I, I like the crazed look in his eye. I think he's going to drain some swamp. I think he's going to pull some plugs. I think he's going to do something nuts. And I think that's what took Ron Paul from 10% in the 2008 Iowa caucuses to 21 in 2012. And I think those are the people. I think Rand Paul lost some of those people, and some of those people are friends of ours. But I think the overwhelming part of his dad's base he lost, you just addressed. It was, I don't see the same crazed look in his eye. He's up there cutting deals with Mitch and everything else. I don't even, I don't know who the hell an Ayn Rand is. I don't know what, I don't know what Procter and Gale, I don't know. I don't know what any of this is. I don't care. Yeah. Never read. I mean, Atlas Shrugged, is that about Greek mythology? I don't know what the hell that is. You know what I, what yeah. I like about Ron Paul? He says crazy stuff and he looks like he actually means it. So I'm in. And Ron Because I hate these people right. too. Okay? And Ron Paul was going to do what he was going to do. He never really cared about the environment and he got lucky enough. But right at the end, the environment started to catch up with him. Maybe, I mean, oh, can you imagine if Ron Paul ran last year yes. instead of yes. but um, Ben says should know by now that Paul that's about, what the environment is if Ron Paul was even five years younger yeah, yeah. I'm not sure we have a, a rise of Trump in 20 and I think they cancel each other out mm-hmm. because I think that a lot of those I just hate everybody show me the craziest person I want the person who says the nuttiest stuff who offends the most people within this system that was Ron Paul that's how Ron Paul I think what we thought was a libertarian renaissance I mean there is, I just I just alluded to this in my latest conservative review piece you know what voters do not exist libertarian voters don't exist and the most exhaustive demographic study of 2016 came out about a month and a half ago. But self-identified libertarians, people who say they are for limited government and either social, uh, laissez-faire, or liberalism, outside of the, uh, the, the young, uh, outside of the people trolling the halls at CPAC and you know the GOP smart set, this voting block does not exist in concentration anywhere in America, except the Fox News newsroom half the time. Just this, that's not who now you know what there's a massive voting block for I want government to do what I want it to do and I want it I want it to stay I want, I want it to defend my moral values there's actually far more voters that want some remnant of social conservatism with big government far more of those oh, absolutely. And, that, and Trump tapped into it tapped into that far more of those than um, uh, you know social liberalism and limited government Hell, there's actually not a lot of limited government voters period but there's even less that are for social liberalism. I think I think Rand Paul did not have that crazed look in his eye. And I think that that drain the swamp element. What was Ron Paul's closing pitch to Iowa voters in 2012? What was the commercial they ran? It was Drain, drain the, the swamp. swamp was the name of the ad. Yeah, it was that awesome. It was the closing ad that he ran in the 2012 Iowa caucus. That was a closing pitch. Mm-hmm. Drain the swamp. I think Trump tapped into that. Okay. Um, all, here's what all this means about this tweet. Because of our perceptions, and in politics I've always said, perceptions are reality, but when you look at these numbers or these data points that Sahil tweeted out yesterday, if I would have told you guys 12 months ago that this would get done this year, forget, try to... um, Learn, unlearn what you have learned, as Yoda would say. Okay, <laughs> try to forget the daily rigmarole of Twitter wars and fake news and Trump's reaction and Mueller and Russia. Forget, 
forget all of everything that has largely driven news cycles for the last 12 months. If I just would have, if I, if I would have said to you guys, hey guys, I jumped in my DeLorean. And I, we were all wondering how the hell was Trump going to actually behave and do as president? What was going to be the end game? And, and I jumped in the DeLorean, all right? I went 12 months into the future, and now I'm back. And here's what they did. They put, it looks like a real conservative on the Supreme Court. They actually have a faster judicial approval uh, process methodology than we've seen in previous presidents. Um, they've killed a bunch of regulations. The economy is about to grow at 4%. We're going we're gonna to drill for our own oil in Anwar after putting that off for 25 years. This is the largest tax cut in modern history. And they repealed the individual mandate of Obama, which is its thermal exhaust point. The whole thing rests upon that. If I would have told you without all of the dressing, without the cranberry sauce over here, and the stuffing over there. If I just would have said, this is today's thing, this is this year's Thanksgiving turkey, and put that puppy on the plate, Todd, you'd have said what? If those last two things on the list are in fact real news, I would have said, bye, in a heartbeat. Kim? I would have been completely surprised that all this happened. Pleasantly so or negatively so? Um, pleasantly so. Oh, absolutely. You would have been, see, I wouldn't have been... You wouldn't I, have been surprised I, by this? That, that no. Trump would do this? No, I damn well expected it and more. No, there's no way you expected Donald Trump to fulfill any campaign promise and well, get rid wait, of John we, But Roberts we're mostly factors. talking about the financial ones. Th- these are the ones I thought had the b- biggest chance of happening. And for them, this is why Obamacare not happening and Congress. Again, fine, I get your social liberals, but to not understand the, the staying power of just giving people more of their money back, I, I absolutely. Because I know you guys didn't think that they would actually do the tax plan this year. No, well, if they had stayed with the plan that they were originally going to do, the House plan, they were not going to be able to. Right. Do. They were not going to be able to do it. <clears throat> that plan would not have passed. Oh, that's what you mean. You, but at the, it, it, at the outset, I mean, that's the first thing we were talking about. What's the best game plan you could convince people if you if you want to be socially conservative at all, get them to listen to you by right away. Give them more money back. That was all. All of us agreed we that was the smartest about that tactical with, with play with regard to the economy. Yeah, yeah. We I, knew well, that I, was I the did top say one. all along that if they couldn't repeal something that had an eighty percent, eleven percent approval rating, how were they going to do "quote unquote" tax cuts for the rich? And you saw. That originally I was right. They greatly struggled with this for months. That House plan was an unmitigated oh, it was disaster. Terrible. Unmitigated disaster. And what happened is, again, this is where I have to set personal feelings and perceptions aside. I've got several reasons, some personal, some highly justified, to loathe Mitch McConnell. But this is where he stepped in after the failure of the Obamacare thing. And, and he actually did the pure, cold-blooded politics. They've often said they're for, that they don't actually do. Right. That, that's usually their excuse for why they can't do the stuff we want them to do. In this case, when he saw the disaster of not one, not two, but three failed attempts to repeal Obamacare, when they, when they, when they looked at the bill the House sent him, which was lose the House in 2018 Act by raising taxes on the very suburban voters that are going, because you're going to redefine uh, the middle class now as people making below 75 grand a year. McConnell took a look at that and said, no. For once, their cold-blooded political political calculus worked in our favor. That's the surprise. That's never happened in my whole time in conservative activism that it's actually worked in our favor. That's the surprise. I agree, but I think ultimately... Mitch knew that Trump winning was a gigantic indictment against him as much as anybody else. And then, what, his wife gets a job in the, ca- in, in, in the cabinet, mm-hmm. and I think there's a, okay, Mitch, you, you understand that America hates you, and that's why I'm here. So you start going to work, young man. And Mitch realized that there was a way to survive this thing even he i mean that's he 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 was worried he heard the footsteps good you know i I, yes but it wasn't that i think there is it's this is not this is not the same old mitch this is a mitch who was taken into a dark corner somewhere even if trump somehow some way the message was conveyed mitchy boy 
All Mitch had to, to do was, is watch the Obamacare passage uh, celebration in the Rose Garden. I mean, that was ridiculous. You know what? Abysmal failure. Since we're talking about perceptions, here's how mine has changed a lot from where I was at the start of the year to where I am now. So at the start of the year, I was still coming out of the bitterness of my divorce with the Republican Party, just it, just getting nowhere with it. You know, and one of the things I was as I was thinking back over the course of this last year on our show, one of the things I remembered I said several months ago, Todd, I don't know if you recall this, is one of the reasons why I said we we need another party or or we need to become independents is because and I think I said this right around March Madness because I think the analogy I drew was if I walked into a, a sports bar and the NCAA tournament's on and Nancy Pelosi's sitting there, I'd be like, that's kind of weird. You know, I think she's a total dingbat, but I'd be interested in, you know what, what are you watching? I'd find it interesting that she's sitting in here checking out March Madness the same as me. You remember when I brought up this yes, analogy? Yes, I do. And then if I walked in there and Paul Ryan was sitting over there, I'd be like, I'm, that son of a bleep lied to me about this, lied to me about that. Um, I came here to watch the game, but since he's here, we're going to settle some family business. It was getting nasty, personal. And what's happened to me in the last few months, as, as there's been more time from the time I left the, the Republican reservation, um, I've gone from I don't care at all. At first, I went from anger to I don't care at all to I do care again. But I, I care again in a different way than I have before. Like, my perception of this party, I recognize it's not a moral enterprise. I recognize that. I recognize it has no interest in pursuing virtually any of the moral language that's in its platform whatsoever. And, and quite so, frankly, it never should have been to the degree it was made one. It just doesn't could, work that way. That argument could be made. But but in and, and, and hindsight's 2020. Yeah. But, and, and I'm not here anymore daily advocating that it elects and appoints people that agree with my moral viewpoint. And to me now, I, I care... A, I care about the Republican Party like I care about Walmart. Like I just filled out, I just filled out before we started the show, I, I took 10 minutes out of my time and filled out a Walmart customer survey because they asked me to. I spend several hundred dollars a month at Walmart because we do our grocery shopping and lots of other things there all at the same time, you know? Um, I basically live on the uh, peach mango sugar-free green tea metabolic booster that they sell only at Walmart. Great stuff. I drink like a ton of it, okay? So now I'm not emotionally invested in Walmart. Like if it went away tomorrow, I'd just go to my local Hy-Vee or Target or some other place here in town. But, I, but since they're offering me the best deals, I'm materially invested. I'm financially invested. And I'm, I'm, I'm loyal to that only to the end of when they cease offering me the best deals, I'm going to go somewhere else. And it won't be personal, I'm not angry. You know, I don't feel like they betrayed my moral principles. That's kind of how I look at the Republican Party. I've, I, once I gave up the notion it liked me and cared about me. And I felt like I know I had to keep liking and caring about them. Once I got out of this, we're, we're, this is our, our movement. It's our party. It's not any of those things. And you know what it really is? It really comes down to emotionally, I don't care who wins the election next November. But when before I could not go in and vote unless I was morally certain that this was the right one. I'm now totally at the point like, I don't know. I don't know what the moral certainty of, do I get my tires done at Walmart? I, I, I got to get new tires on my Ford Edge. Called three or four places. What, two places I spend more money than any place else in Des Moines. Walmart and Costco. So I called Walmart and Costco to find out what was the best deal I was going to get on my tires. And I called the dealership. Which one do you think I'm going to go to? One that offered me the best deal. Because that's all this is, is a financial transaction. They want to keep giving me, the, the, the tax calculator says I'm going to get at least $5,200 of my own money back before we even get deductions and everything factored in next year. Since I'm not a Republican, and I'm not, I have no expectation you'll keep that first plank in your platform about pro-life and everything else. And I got 13 other ways I can do pro-life activism outside the Republican Party. Do you, see, you get what I'm trying to say? Since my perception 
of who the party is, what my relationship with it is. Since my perception has changed, I'm at the point now, I do hope, I'm rooting for them to win next November if they're truly going to give me this much of my money back. Like I'm rooting for Walmart to stay in business because they sell the green tea that I like. And if I go out of business and Walmart doesn't have the green tea and Walmart leaves and the green tea that I like, am I going to follow Walmart, move my house, go where they go? No, I'll just go to Target, hy and find another tea that I like. Would I prefer Walmart stay because I found the tea that I liked there? Yeah. You get, you see what I'm getting at here? I do. My whole perception of this has changed. And it really comes down to I have zero moral expectation, zero moral investment. I don't really care what about... I, I'm at the point short of using your office to manifest poor character. Everything else going on in your life is really none of my business. I don't care about you. You don't care about me. I'm not questioning what you're doing at 6 o'clock after the, after the lights go out any more than when I go get my tires done at Walmart Thursday morning. I'm going to ask the tire clerk, hey, did you masturbate to pornography last night? Was it, state, was it straight or gay? I'm not doing that. I don't Hey, 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 the guy that's going to fix my windshield wipers and change them out for me. Hey, uh, uh, did, you, did you cheat on your wife? Do you ever ask that at the, the grocery store clerk? I do not. Okay. So since I've given up believing it's a moral enterprise, because it's not. That's why I felt betrayed. They sold me that they were, and they clearly are not. I'm at the point now, well, we got two immoral enterprises. One of them wants to give me 5,300 bucks of my money back. The other one wants to take it back. I'm kind of rooting for the guys that are going to give me my money back. You see where I'm at with this? I do. Now, now if they lose, it sucks I'm, I'm at 5,300 bucks, but I'm just going to get up the next day like it was any other day. I don't care. I care again, but I really don't care the way that I used to. Because you know what's not on this list? Defunding Planned Parenthood. Which was one of the big promises. Not on the list. Now, what Trump has actually done is some good stuff to protect my religious freedom. I appreciate that. Building the walls not on the list. Almost any of the immigration stuff Chain we were promised. None of it's on the list. Now, when I believe they were a moral, and to me, law and order is a moral, is a moral endeavor. When I believed they were a moral enterprise and when I allowed them to sell me on the fact they were, that really made me mad. But now that, I've, now that I'm at the point, it's Walmart or Target. It's Walmart or Hy-Vee. Which one offers me the best deal? And if none of them have what I, what I like, I'll just shop online and shop somewhere else. Like if I don't like any of the options, if I don't think any one of them are really giving me good options, I don't have to buy at Team Democrat store or Team Republican. Let's go stop somewhere else. You know, not my not my problem. My whole my my whole endeavor. I couldn't I couldn't. Do you stand, feel freer? Yes, I I couldn't stand to watch commercials with my local spineless Republican Congressman David Young on the screen. I had to turn the channel. It was like a twitch. It was like when my wife used to play poison music when we first got married. I I wouldn't let her poison my own CD, my sick my sacred CD collection with her poison albums and her hair metal bands. I made her keep a because I was a music elitist. I made her keep her own CD rack over there with her, her stuff. Okay. <laughs> You will not put that, this, this will not, you will not put um, cherry pie by warrant. Will not be in between uh, Houses of the Holy and Quadrophenia in my record collection. Not, this shall not pass. All right, that level of, I was Jack Black's character in High Fidelity. Remember that movie? Yes. I was that sort of music snob when Amy and I got married, okay? Um <laughs> You're lucky to have her. You realize that. <laughs> but now that now that now that I, but now that I've realized that David Young, my local congressman, just doesn't agree with me. Like I'm not mad at Democrats anymore. Why? Because I figured out I oppose them when they don't. But they, I'm not angry, bitter. They just don't agree with me. They have a different worldview. David just doesn't agree with me. So if David wants to give me more of my money back, I'll vote for him. I mean, I think he's a spineless weasel hack. But he's a spineless weasel hack that's going to give me $5,300 of my money back next year. So I'll, I'll take it. Thank you. I just, I'm at Zen right now. I'm at Zen. So when I looked at this Sahil Kapoor tweet, if, I, if, if, if I'd have looked at this with the eyes I had three, four, five, six, seven, eight months ago, I'd have seed at this. And I would have responded with, here's a list of all the promises you didn't keep. But now that I'm at the point of, I know you're not going to keep your promises. I'm not expecting you to. <laughs> I have no expectations I have, for you. I have, no, and I, I have no allegiance to you at all. This is purely a fiduciary thing to me. Like, I don't really care 
you know, um, we were going to get Home Alone for family movie night. And on Amazon Prime, it was $3.99. And on Vudu, it was $2.99. Where do you think I ordered it from? Vudu. Why? Because it was only $2.99. I don't really care if Netflix and Vudu agree with me on uh, what the definition of uh, marriage is. I'm just, thank you for offering me a cheaper price for Home Alone, and I'll just buy that. That's kind of where I'm at with these guys right now. I just, I'm good. I'm in a really happy place right now. You don't like me. I don't like you. I don't need you to like me. You don't want me to like you. Cool. I'm not in your party. I'm not carrying any of your baggage at all. I'm not going on cable TV and playing your binary role for you. Not, I don't really care about any of that. But yeah, if you want to give me $5,300 of my money back. <laughs> that's like, I mean, you know, I'm doing the math. That is more than all my car payments for a year. I'll take it. Thank you. And I'll vote for that. Because that's all we're doing here. We're just having an exchange of fiduciary interests. Because as, especially for me as a Christian, I have a whole other institution that is capable of fighting my moral causes for me, or at least is supposed to be. And when it wasn't, that was one of the reasons why we went to a political party instead. But you know where I'm at? With, so I'm kind of just at, I don't, I don't care, but I no longer don't care in a way that I'm just like totally numb, comfortably numb. I don't care in a way that I just like, I don't care for the same reason. I don't care how many tongue rings the goth chick that checked me out at Walmart has. I don't care for the same reason. That's just not my place to care. She wants to ask me, hey, do you think it's okay that I have this pentagram on my tramp stamp? Well, then we'll have a moral conversation. But if she's not interested in that conversation, I'm fine with her. I'm fine going in her checkout aisle because she's faster than the gal with the, uh, really, with the really big fat cross necklace who's 97 years old in the aisle over. That's where I'm at right now. So I think that means that the future of this enterprise called the Steve Day Show, for quite some time now, it has toggled, and people are like, why are you always ripping on conservatives, Republicans, whatever? Whereas at the beginning, and you've said this before, so hey, I want to rip on liberals. It's It seems like because if the baseline is, I can count on you guys more often than not to give me more money, but they're so bad at doing their own messaging and the cry from the social justice wars is always racist bigot. It seems like your job needs to come full circle now more in the future and just go back to flat out ripping on the lies and the nonsense of progressives and Democrats so that that get more money notion can win in the end. At some level, you still you still got to you're not formally a Republican, but you just got to err on their s side in spirit in order to get something you want because they're bad at s staying the course. And messaging on it. I don't know that I'd go as far as you said. I mean, I, for this reason, I don't think it's possible to take on progressivism without criticizing Republicans because it's absolutely in the Republican Party. Oh too. yes. Oh, but but right. if, but if you're simply saying here, at this point, my only interest in the political system is my self-interest. I completely agree. Yeah. And to do that, you would agree I, that you will end up ripping on. Demo going back to the beginning, ripping on Democrats more and re Republicans. Less because, and you laid out why because you yeah. don't expect I don't, I don't, the same I, things. I, I, it's the same reason why. Um, it's 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 the same reason why. I buy Nike Jumpman gear, that has my favorite team on it, Michigan, even though they're paying people in uh, Bangkok a dollar a day to make it. Well, that was also seventy-five cents more than they were going to make if Nike wasn't paying them that. You know what I'm saying? But but I'm not the governor of 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 of, of Thailand. Or the president of Thailand and the mayor of Bangkok. I don't know what the conditions on the ground there. I've never been there. I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know what the gross domestic product of Thailand is. Probably a dollar a day there gets you a hell of a lot farther than it does somewhere else. I mean, it's not my fault. I can't control everything in the world. I can't. It's like when I it, it, and I've and and the real battle for us with the Republican Party all these years. And Kim, you can say this because you've been in the front lines on the muck and mire with this, in this with me. The battle here has really been control. Yes. And, I, and as I step back, control of what? See, I started off wanting to be Frodo and Bilbo 
Golem must be punished for his love of this idol. I'm now where Gandalf is at. Golem is a pitiful figure. He's to be pitied. And if at this point, if Golem wants to lead me through the forest, well, I'm, I'm knowing he's going to betray me, but I know that going in. I also know, though, that if I, if I know going in he's going to betray me, I can still use him to get the shortest distance to the Black Gate of Mordor where I ultimately want to go. Because you still want to go there. Yeah, I still want to go there. Yes. But, but, the, but the issue is, I recognize now, again, I don't need the Republican Party to have any of the moral conversations I want to have. And in fact, utilizing them as a vehicle taints almost all the moral conversations Yo, we have. That because is then true. I'm on, because then I have to go on cable news. I, like, I'm looking forward now. Steve, you've said Donald Trump's a con. I, I believe all those things. Would you vote for him? In, right now, yeah, I'd vote for him in 2020. I didn't vote for him in 2016. Why? Well, because he gave me $5,300 of my money back. He repealed the individual mandate, and um, I like his judicial nominations. I think the guy's a total douche canoe. You know? Um, you know, but uh, I kind of think Jim Harbaugh has a very quirky personality. I don't get or understand half the time either. You know what I do like, though? I like his 29 and 10 record. I like that. You like that? So I guess I got to have a choice. I mean, do I want a guy that... I, I thought Brady Hoke was really relatable. I kind of liked him. Cool guy. Yeah, we lost to Rutgers in Maryland. So, And we were selling tickets. We, in fact, we weren't selling tickets. We gave you a free ticket if you bought a Coke Zero on campus. So... I, I'll put up. I'll put up with uh, Harbaugh and his shirt off at the satellite camps and the quirkiness. Because really, I don't need Michigan football to make me feel whole. They're not a moral enterprise to me. It's an escape, and I want the team to be good because then I feel like I. I when the team is good, then I feel like the escapism I invested in it was worthwhile. Because the last thing I want to do is invest in an escapism where I just end up as pissed off as I was before I started escaping. Right. So if the team is good, I frankly don't care what idioms and euphemisms Jim Harbaugh drops, I don't understand. I don't care. When the team is bad, then I do. So, Same thing here. So if you have to do it, if you could do it all over again, would you be never Trump? If I knew, my issue with Trump always was, I never doubted he didn't have the character for the office. But I thought that character, the lack of character in the office had manifested and he would keep none of his promises. That he would sell us out on everything. If I could go back, if you would have told me this is, would be the end result, not knowing Again, the broken road of everything else we got there. Yeah, I'd vote for that. You bet I would. You bet I would See, vote for that. I, I, that's where I'm still different and, and struggle. Because, well, because let, me, let me rephrase that. No, I would not. Because I hadn't evolved to the point that I'm at now. I still was angry about how the primary convinced me that the party had really done nothing but lied and abandoned people like me for the last decade, and I'd wasted a decade of my life um, in it. Okay? And that was true. And that was true. All right? So emotionally, I don't think I could... I, no. I, don't, I still don't think that would have been enough. Okay? But now, I don't... You know, now it's kind of like... I don't mind seeing that ex-wife in the store. I'm not when I'm here with my current wife. I'm not like freaked out, you know. There's, we, we can share the kids. We just weren't meant to be together. It's, it's okay. Sometimes people just aren't meant to be. Sometimes the relationship just that's not what was expected. You know, it's Garth Brooks. Thank God for unanswered prayers, right? I, just the other night at a high school football game, my wife and I ran into my old high school flame. Now, you know, my, we're not we're done now. We've moved on, and I'm at a good place. I don't need you. You don't need me. I'm not defending you at all. None. I'm not spending an iota of defending indefensible because my self-interest also means I can't, my, I have a, integrity is my brand. That's what I got into this for. So I've got no problem going on CNN when they ask me this next year. I think David Young's a terrible congressman. I, I know he's terrible. He's got a terrible, he's got a terrible, terrible liberty score. You'd vote for him? Well, they gave me $5,300 of my money back. So yeah. Here, here's my concern. You most people aren't Steve Dates. I know. Most You're, people need this. That need, need. Most people are like you with Luke Skywalker in this last movie. They need the hero. He has to be. He must be. He t Donald Trump, this is where the Cheeto Jesus phenomenon, I'm, I'm yanking your chain a little bit, but you know where I'm going with this. Most, uh, most, people require the, <laughs> most people require the politician they vote for to be a mythical superhuman figure. That's okay. I don't. And I have no problem at all saying, this guy's a piece of dung. 
I think he's worthless. I don't think he's pro-life. I don't think he cares about defending my First Amendment freedoms or any of that. Um, but he wants to give me $5,300 of my money back. And the other one doesn't. So I'm voting. I'm not voting for David Young. I'm voting for $5,300 of my damn money back. Thank you. And I thought he would, like I said, be doing a lot of these things. And that would cause the cult to grow around him all the more. And the uh, running interference for all manner of godlessness would increase. Uh, th- that was my concern. It still is my concern. And, and that's for uh, politicians on either the left or the right. Uh, we, people like to be seduced. They're as easily seduced as ever before. And while I understand that everybody's uh, got feet of clay... I also understand that, and I know I know you share this part, you know, mm-hmm. we, we talked about the looking our children in the eye issue. I mean, I understand they don't understand things like we do, and we have to sit down and talk with them about uh, tough joy- choices and moral gray area and things like that. But I, I also know that whether it's uh, Donald Trump or whoever comes next, um, Ultimately, we need to have answers uh, that go way beyond politics. Agreed. And and this we, we right we got you were talking about a game, and I don't I think you would agree with this. It is a game of Russian roulette, and the the only question is how many bullets? Is there just one bullet in the chamber, or are there five bullets in the chamber? You you, you better be careful with the, you if you're going to go in and, and 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 play this game. You also have to know. When is the time to change the game? Because this is not morally defensible anymore. Agreed. That's why I'm not saying you're arguing against that. I, that. That is why, to me, I, I've, I've come to the conclusion the answer is not to infuse morality, but to defuse it. We, have, we are applying morality in an area that is unapplicable, undesirable, unobtainable, and unpractical, and and unachievable and it's why we look like fools when we do it we either become lesser to evils numbskulls or we or we build these politicians to be you know it's franklin graham saying i never heard a a president talk more about jesus than donald trump (laughs) you mean like george w bush for example right i mean that's that's what i'm talking about when we when we believe it's not it's not a moral enterprise it's not maybe it should be Maybe at other times it was, but it's not now. And to me, there's two conclusions when you draw that conclusion. One is, Rod Dreher, we build monasteries. We've done that historically in the church in the past. I have no argument. The other is, Walmart sells my tea and Target does not. So I'm going to go to Walmart. So... And guess where I'd go if, if Target had my tea and Walmart didn't? Where would I go? I'd go to I'd go to Target. So, in that vein, the um, transgender bathroom stand. I just want to apply that. Yep. Apply this practically. So, if that was true, Target has the better price, regardless of the tranny bathroom thing. Go to Target. To me, to me when you weaponize yourself. To oppose my moral view, now we're on a different plane. Now. Okay? So, Target with the bathroom policy. And the reason I kept using them as an example is I was hoping you were actually going to ask me about this. Okay? When you weaponize your product against me, not that you... Forget if you don't agree with me. Forget if you're just not interested in my moral viewpoint. When you weaponize your product against me, though, that's my line. That's when I'm out. See, that's okay. why this is so challenging yes. for you to hold the line on this yep. because it's everything is weaponized against us Every, all the time. Now. If, if you're if you're if you are actively weaponizing against me, like if like if this would be a, and and this will have to this is going to obviously end up having to be negotiated over the course of time. It is easier for me to say I'll vote for the guy that gives me $5,300 back when he's also defending my first, when he's also defending my First Amendment rights at the same time. What will come later on, and we will face this choice because this is where we're devolving to, 
when they say we're going to give you your money back, but we're also going to take your basic freedoms and liberties and rights away. And see, that's see, and and we're not at that point yet. This is fascinating because. But, but, but do I think we will eventually get there without the revival? Oh yeah, there's no question about that. That's why that's why I have no issue with the Rod Dreer option. That's why I'm not angry at people that don't agree with me about leaving the Republican Party. Maybe they have found, I've got all kinds of friends in the party. One of my best buds is running for Congress in Texas next year. If he can still find ways to do good within that structure without losing his soul, God bless him. I could not, I had to go. That's all. If you're at the point that you don't think, if you're, if you're at the Benedictine operation or, or, or the Benedict you know, option with Rod Rear, because you think the thing is so far gone, that's not like there's not ample evidence to support your case, then go. I'm not quite there. When we get to the point now, though, that my self-interest conflict with my moral convictions, my moral convictions are going to win because they've already won all the that's why we're That's why we're not all rich. Because every chance I've had to choose my self-interest over my moral convictions, you've sat here for the last few years. What have you watched me choose every single time? Convictions. I've taken my convictions yeah, every time. Yeah. That's why we're not all rich. That's why we still live in Des Moines. Okay? So I, can, I, I hope anyway, I, based on past history being indicative of future performance, when it comes to the point that the system says, not only are we not going to defend your values, but we're going to actively oppose them and you're going to support it because we're giving you your money back. That will be my tap out moment. That's when I will join Rod Dreher. Until then, though, until then, like if, if Walmart and, and, and Target both put 10% of all proceeds goes to Planned Parenthood, they're actively saying that. Now it's not just a choice that they make with their money after we make. Like if you decide to subscribe to Pornhub, when I give you a paycheck, am I an accessory to that? No. No. If you come to me, though, and say, hey, I just want you to know, if you hire me for this job, I'm going to subscribe to some kiddie porn sites. Am I then a party to that? Yeah. Yeah, in some fashion. Yeah, because now you're telling me up front, I'm, I'm directly going to take the proceeds you're giving me, and I'm going to do bad with it. Well, then it matters. Now, if it's indirect, it's not my fault. It's yours. When it's direct, it is my fault. So, when, so if, if Target and Walmart both put up signs that said, 10% of all of all purchase price all purchases we donate the proceeds to planned parenthood i'm going to go online and see if there's another green tea cuz now you're actively against me but as long as you're not actively against me it's not my problem this is fascinating cuz i'm looking as we talk about this at your book rules for patriots and it applies to that that example the target uh, bathroom versus walmart example and it how it applies to your choice of party politics basically your rule in that vein of always go on offense has now been amended to basically stand your ground like i'm i'm not gunning on every level on this but i ain't taking steps back either you come at me i'm punching you in the mouth I've it's just, a rephrasing of i've it. actually just redefined offense i've just decided if if i don't have to run into an eight-man front every down i just don't if, if, you, if you are bound and determined you're going to play eight or nine men in the box I don't have to just sit here and in the eye formation and try to run it every time. I'm not going to do that. So if that's what you're going to do, I, I'm, I'm just going to win the game. And how, if I have to win the game throwing the ball, if I have to win the game running a spread offense, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not obligated anymore to beating my head against the wall. I don't have to do that anymore. Remember, you know, we played a Rose Bowl against USC in Lloyd Carr's second to last year. We both had great defenses that year. And at halftime, I think the two teams combined for like 10 yards. I'm being facetious, but it felt like that. Both teams just lined up nine men in the box and dared the other team to throw it, and nobody did. At halftime, Pete Carroll got into his halftime and said, why are we running the ball against a nine-man front? Just throw it every down. They did. They freaking smoked us. What do you think we did? We kept trying to run against an eight or a nine-man front. I'm not running against an eight or a nine-man front. It, I'm, I'm going to choose what's in my self-interest. Now, it's not in my self-interest to openly violate my own moral convictions, to openly su support something that would do so, that is telling me it's going to do so. But all the Republican Party is telling me at this point is, I don't care about your moral interest. Never did. I lied to you all these years. But I like money. You do too. Hey, when you went to Haiti, Steve... On that mission trip a few years ago, did they give you the do-gooder free seat on the plane, bro? No. I had to pay for that. Yeah. They didn't tell me, hey, because you're going to Haiti, the poorest country in the hemisphere for a week. 
And you're going like to the really bad places, like the whole country's bad, but like you're going places like we, the locals don't go. Because we so admire that. We're to give you a seat on the plane, free, both ways. Did they do that? No? So they had to get some money from somewhere. You know, Jesus, Jesus got a tomb from somebody. Joseph, glad Joseph of Arimathea was rich enough to offer him that tomb. That's, that's essentially, when, if we're being honest, that's the deal they're offering. And at this point in time, I'll take it. And I'm not a Republican. I won't be one. I'm just an independent voter. One side, one side hates me. The other side really hates me. One side hates me enough, though, to give me 5300 bucks of my money back. The other side says, we'll take that 5300 bucks back, and then we'll use it to weaponize against your moral interests. Well, since I don't really feel the need, I don't care who the Republican National Committee men and woman is anymore. I don't care who the chairman is. I don't care who wins 90% of these primaries. I really don't care. I just don't care. 2018 is going to be wild, man. This is like Dace the Phoenix rising from the ashes. It's, it's cool. I mean, really? this has been a fascinating talk. I, I, to me, I'm... A rebirth. I, I, no, a rebirth. I have de-weaponized this. I don't care. I'm like, I'm not going to follow this ebbs and flows. I'm not emotionally invested. I just... That's the important part. Not yeah, to be emotionally... I just, I really, truly am not emotionally invested at all. I just, I'm, I'm happy to take 5300 bucks of my money back. Well, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Don't forget our part two of our year-end Dace group exclusively at CRTV. So CRTV.com, promo code Dace. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. One final podcast. One final feedback. We'll clear out as much feedback as we can. John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.